Greetings. Today is August 2nd, and it has been a long time since I've done a podcast for All Cooped Up Alaska. Summertime just speeds right along, and there's lots to do outdoors, and I thought I'd take a moment today to speak with you all here. I have two special guests. Both of them are artists, and one is from Talkeetna, Alaska. Her name is Becca Matisson, and I'll let her tell you a little bit about her background in her own words. Hey there. So my name is Becca Matisson. Um, I have a background in printmaking, actually. Um, and then I also have a degree in art education. I was the Talkeetna Elementary School art teacher for about seven years. Um, and I also drive boats for Mahays in the summertime. So just purely, purely Alaskan. As an art teacher at the elementary school level, Becca is known for her incredible results that she had with her students. At the end of every year, she would showcase all of the students' favorite piece in an art show at the Denali Arts Hangar. It was a wonderful time for all the families to gather and for the kids to see their own work up on the walls and feel a little sense of ownership of their own inner talent as artists. While Miss Becca taught at the elementary school level, her teachings were quite advanced and she incorporated art history into all of her lessons. Uh, That in turn, she often uh, did duplicates of some of the famous artist ideas, such as in a Monet or even the Scream, and the kids were very guided in their art teachings. Becca tells us a little bit about some of her inspirations coming from the natural world. Obviously very inspired by art, always have been, and also nature and being on the water and ecosystems and conservation and all of that beautifulness. A lot of people in Alaska wear multiple hats in order to make a living, and being a boat driver on the Alaskan rivers is quite a skill and takes a lot of guts. These rivers are fast moving, and there's a lot of channels and a lot of decisions to make, and Becca did a fine job captaining the boat for several summers. While she still probably will do that too, she also decided to go back to school. I'll let her explain to you about what that required. Uh, Two years ago, I decided to go back to school and get my master's in art therapy and counseling. So I go to a consciousness-centered master's program in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and it really focuses on the healing power of art um, and how we can use art as a change agent to help change our lives first, you know, become aware um, of our triggers of what brings us joy, of ways to regulate ourselves, and then how we can, you know, honor those gifts in ourselves and help people empower themselves. Becca's training could not come at any better of a time. During a worldwide pandemic, there is going to be a lot of change going on for a long time to come. People are experiencing more anxiety in their lives and having a need for more ways to funnel that energy of creativity in a positive way. The self-expression involved in creating artwork is really satisfying, and oftentimes it's the process of creating the artwork and not necessarily the final result. Becca describes a little bit about the importance of this during this time of a pandemic. Now, right now, especially people in the lower 48, you know, they're feeling a sense of isolation, um, perhaps a sense of loneliness. And in my experience, you know, art can really help that. I'm doing a research project right now, actually, um, about how if how creating art helps me emotionally balance myself out. So I've been using a lot of technology, um, doing school classes. 
Becca is one of many people worldwide that may be spending too much indoors on their computers and they need to have a creative outlet. There are a lot of different different ways, in my opinion, that art can help us not only heal ourselves, but really just maintain um, a baseline understanding of what we need. When Becca was an elementary school art teacher, she could see that kids needed to get things out and she thought that it would be a good thing to go back to school and get a degree in not only art therapy, but also in counseling. So I'm finishing up my second year um, and I start practicum in the fall. So I get to start seeing clients, which is super exciting for me. It's been kind of a long time coming. My program is three years long. And then on top of my three-year program with my two degrees, art therapy and counseling, I'm getting a certificate in children's mental health and then also ecotherapy. And I'm getting certified to be a school counselor. Options are a very important uh, part of today's world and having a lot of options as a profession is really good and also having a lot of options in what you can create in art. One of our second guests on today's program is a woman named Linda Farr who is an established artist in the Anchorage area. I'll let you hear Linda's voice tell a little bit about her background. I received a degree in fine arts in 1969 from the University of Oregon. I then went back and got my teaching credentials and taught at a junior high in Eugene. And then I moved back up to Anchorage and taught at Diamond for a year and then, that, then at West High School for three years. I really enjoyed uh, those years teaching. Uh, the energy and enthusiasm that young people have was um, really engaging. And I think I learned more about um, art after teaching than I had uh, before that experience. Linda Brady Farr's art career spans many years and after raising her kids, she got more into her own endeavors as an artist. I used my background in printmaking, drawing and painting and um, used all those applications in my fiber work. So I was painting, drawing, printing, stamping, tearing, reassembling, stitching, fiber and had um, a lot of fun with it. I did have several pieces in um, the various earth, fire, and fiber shows over the years. I had solo shows at the Artique. Linda's work also appeared in some group shows at APU and some other venues, including artwork displayed in over 25 buildings around Alaska. The output of Linda Brady Farr's career has been incredible, and not only is she a fiber worker, she does an incredible job with oils on canvas. In more recent years, she was using art as a way to deal with some of the turmoil going on with the recent uh, challenges in modern day age of politics and a pandemic. Linda claims to have been having a hard time focusing on a theme until the 2016 election. Then she found her subject matter. Like so many of us, I was concerned about um, the changes in our climate and was thinking about a way of expressing that and then read about the tornado that had come through Manzanita, Oregon. Well, Oregon had never had a tornado before, so I started thinking about tornadoes. Linda had never seen a tornado before, so she started watching YouTube videos 
of hours of tornadoes to get a feeling for their energy, their power, and their texture. My first tornado painting was uh, five feet by six feet, and I was uh, very involved with um, the tornado in the background coming toward a town. I had a town painted with cars and people and dogs and buildings. My friend Judith Hursting, a wonderful artist, came by and said, well, let me know if you start painting the bugs and mice and I'll stop you. That was Linda's good friend's way of saying, what is your focus? Linda went on to paint several more paintings and was invited to display them in a one-man show at Alaska Pacific University. After that theme was finished up, Linda was looking for another theme and then came along the pandemic. One of Linda's good friends, Sally, is a nurse and had sent Linda a selfie of her with a mask on. The photo was striking to Linda and she decided that she would start painting people with mask on as her next theme. To date, I have completed um, 15 portraits of people wearing masks. They are oil paintings that are 12 inches by 16 inches. The show will still be at APU, either uh, in person, physically, or virtually, depending on what's happening at that point in um, early October with the pandemic. Linda is very sensitive to the lack of funding for the arts, and she is going to send some of her proceeds to APU. She says... 30% of the proceeds will go to APU and the rest of the 70% is going to be a fundraiser for Covenant House. Linda says she looks forward to every morning that she wakes up to either finishing a portrait or starting a new one. I'm painting a cross-section of Alaskans and how differently they've been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. I feel so fortunate to have this project to focus on. While artists tend to be comfortable with solitary work, there also is an added edge of solitary confinement in the pandemic. Linda and Becca have found that art has enabled them to stay productive, stay focused on a project, and feel a sense of accomplishment in their day. Linda says, I feel so connected to each person that I'm painting I think we're going to be wearing these masks for a long time, but at some point when uh, we can stop wearing them, I might have to do a second series of these same people unmasked. While I love Linda's idea of painting people, the same people that she painted during the pandemic at a time after the pandemic, and we all are looking for the light at the end of the tunnel of the pandemic, Art is a wonderful way for people to channel that energy and also feel a sense of belonging to a greater project. Becca brings up a good idea about the historical role of art in ancient times. I know that art therapy might be a new idea for some people, and that's completely valid. Or some people think that it's a little bit more of a progressive healing agent. But, you know, culturally, worldwide, people have been using art to connect to others, to connect to themselves for hundreds of years. You know, 400 years ago, almost everyone's lineage, you know, we were sitting around making art together. So I think there's something to be said 
to, for making art in a community-based environment, but also right now during all of the stay-at-home orders, I think that it's a way to tap into your lineage and tap into your ancestry. Linda had mentioned earlier on how some of her paintings are really hard to get into and that she paints over one painting and paints over it again and again, sometimes even up to five times until she gets it right. Art really is a process and art really should be fun. Becca says, If for nothing else, it's just really, really fun. Um, something that I've learned as well is it's not always the product. You know, it's so much more process over product. And I think that art school really scarred me coming out of it thinking that I perhaps wasn't good enough at figure drawing or I was never going to be successful at running my own business as an artist and that's why I got a degree also in art education but truly I've created um, an art practice for myself that is just purely for myself. Whether it be students or established artists like Linda or teachers like Becca it's always wonderful to allow oneself the time to create art to help process emotions. Becca talks a little bit about soul collage, one of her practices. I do something called soul collage. It's very Jungian and you're not allowed to or not supposed to cut out any words. So you're cutting out symbols and magazines and imagery that either calls to you or affects you emotionally in some way and you're just basically letting your unconscious inform you and you're virtually making your own tarot card deck and that's something that I really really enjoy and to me it's a very accessible way to make art if I'm if I'm not feeling the greatest and I just feel motivated to make some artwork. It's just easy to reach into a box, grab some magazines, and start pasting things together, regardless of what the product may be. And usually I'm very surprised by it. Becca points out an important fact that art supplies don't have to come from an art store, but are very much what you might have in your household at any given time. In the future, I would really love to use my art therapy degree to promote the autonomy of other people, to empower other people through the modality of art. How can it serve them? I believe that it can just create so many interpersonal deep connections with other people and it doesn't have to be verbal. I think a huge part of the process is just getting it out just letting whatever you need to be on a piece of paper or on a canvas or even danced out, even through movement. I think that that's such an important and valuable modality if you're physically comfortable and able to do that. And I think that even without processing with words, just the fact that it's out of you and self-expression during a time of a lot of turmoil is a really wonderful way for people to deal with their emotions and to address them in a useful manner i would like to say a special thanks for becca matiason and linda brady farr for sharing their thoughts on how art has helped them in their lives to process emotion and how to connect with others and also connect with themselves you are listening to all cooped up alaska the next podcast, we will be interviewing artists from all around the world and talking about what keeps them focused during some challenging times. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'm Katie Ryder.